In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Hello, everyone. This is Pat McDonald back with you for the second hour of Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me in studio is Katie Trouts, who's the executive director of Montpelier Live in the famous WDEV studio. It's a little bit of a throwback to the 1940s, but uh, I don't think it's changed much over the years, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> yes, I'm getting head shakes going, nope, it hasn't changed a bit. Um, so anyway, Katie has been with Montpelier Live since 2021, and a board member was quoted as saying, Katie was the ideal person for the organization, and I couldn't agree more. I spent uh, some time with Katie Last week, um, I was going around with a photographer from Orca to talk to business owners in downtown Montpelier after the sort of grand reopening of their stores the week prior. And um, everyone specifically praised Katie and Ben Doyle, who was also on the show from Montpelier Foundation, right, and uh, for their fundraising efforts, um, along with expressing tons of gratitude for other area resources such as the Montpelier Strong Recovery Fund, Main Street Recovery Fund, etc. Katie, they all love you. Thank you for the work you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's really good. There's not too many of you at Montpelier Alive, is there? <laughs> no, no. We are just um, a small organization, one full-time director, and a part-time event coordinator. Right. And her name? Carolyn Gradinsky. Yes, and she does a great job. She does. Uh, there's so many things happening. I don't really, I really honestly don't know how you do it, especially events, because if you mess up like the, the little things, like there's no electricity at the booth or, you know, I mean, it's the little things that get you. It's just amazing. And you just had an event, uh, this last weekend. Uh, which sounded very exciting. Could you talk a little bit about that, and was it uh, successful as you had hoped? You mean the reopening uh, the, weekend? No, no, down at um, uh, the, ah. with the restaurants and the Oktoberfest yes. and something about beer, I remember. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, every weekend we have events, it seems. Right. Um, but this last one was a special one. Oktoberfest was restaurant-led, which meant that they coordinated the event and planned it themselves ah. with Montpelier Live support. Um, and so they are having a harder time coming back from the flood. It's taking longer to replace the equipment they need, and um, they're not able to pop up their restaurants in the way that other retail businesses can. Right. So they put together this fundraiser for themselves, and um, it was extremely successful. Oktoberfest in the traditional kind of German-European style with sausages and potatoes, incredible food cooked by the chefs in a collaborative way, Uh, giant pretzels, which was my son's favorite. Oh, for sure. And a lot of different kinds of beer and Uh, very good music. We really enjoyed the music that was booked. Yeah, we we rode by it and I saw so many cars. I thought, oh, good. That's a good thing. Who doesn't like a good Oktoberfest? Yeah, I think there were um, 500 or 600 ticket sales. Yeah, that's great. Listen, before we go any further, I really feel uh, obligated or want to express 
my incredible sadness for the fire and water damage sustained this last Saturday night at the Mad Taco and Charlio's. I mean, how much can people deal with? I, I Bruce, I came home and Bruce told me there was a big fire downtown, and I went, "Oh my God!" Um, so, um, what what can we do for these businesses? I mean, they, I mean, how much can they yeah. can they deal with? It's truly unbelievable. I don't know. I mean, I think at least um, most restaurants have fire insurance, so right. I It'll hope that right. that's helpful. But as soon as they open up, just yeah. make sure that you go there. Right, for sure. And uh, as I was saying, I walked around talking to businesses, and we videotaped some of them. We're putting together a little a little show with Bill Fraser and yourself um, to talk about how the uh, grand, grand reopenings are going. But uh, the Mad Taco just opened up a week ago, and then they have the fire. That's right. And I learned something that upset me to no end. I actually wrote a letter to the administration about this, although I'm sure they knew it anyway. In business, the fourth quarter, which is now, is financially that has to be their their best quarter because they've got to get through January and February and March, which are really slow downtimes unless you're in a ski area. Um, not so many tourists and uh, not so many people go out. So if they don't make it this quarter, we may see some other stores closing. Could you talk about that and, and what we have to buy local at the holidays? That's got to be the message. Absolutely. And Montpelier Live has made marketing, tourism, holiday advertising um, a priority because we know this. We know that the businesses may end up closing in the first quarter if they can't make it through the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I don't think people realize how important this fourth quarter is. But they're all depending on us, and uh, they've got some great stores downstairs. I'm sure you can find everything and anything you need for the holidays, uh, gifts, and and uh, go, just treating yourself out to a restaurant. Absolutely, is a good thing. When we've been voted number one uh, small town for shopping from USA Today, yeah. uh, it's a pretty special place to go and do your shopping. Right. Yeah, they're all unique and they're all great. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, great. Um, and I, uh, I just don't want to see any more happening to, uh, to downtown Montpelier, to Barry, to our whole area. Um, it's, it's very sad. So you are pretty much pulling out all the stops to get people to come downtown. Could you talk about tonight? Halloween. Pay attention. This is awesome. Yeah. uh, We usually don't do a huge celebration for Halloween, but we decided that it's important to have a lot going on downtown during this time where businesses really need people to come in their shops. Um, So we're starting off with 4 to 5 p.m. downtown trick-or-treating, which is traditional. We usually do. And many stores are offering candy who are open, but stores that are not open, some of them are just going to stand out front of their stores and offer candy. Um, And we have also uh, gathered candy donations to be able to supplement what what they can actually purchase, just trying to help them out a little bit. And that's followed by a costume parade and a pet costume parade around the block to Langdon Street, where there will be a little bit of a block party with a food truck and the Thriller dance troupe. What time do you think that is, Katie? 5.30. 5.30. Right there. And you don't want to miss it. It's really an incredible dance show. Um, and I believe that there will be a few extra performances in between the thriller performances. Right. So I'm really excited to be there myself. And this is a dance 
troupe that that does thriller on a uh, that's what they do there are a uh, couple of dance leaders that invite the community to learn the uh, choreographed steps over the last couple months they've right. been working on it for a while and every year they do that i think there are like 35 dancers oh how fabulous that's almost like what when you go place all of a sudden everybody breaks into song. What do they call flash them? mob? I have wanted to be in a flash yeah. mob just to be there to see well, it happen. You could do thriller someday. Pat. I could. <laughs> You'd make I'm a gonna, great zombie. Gonna, <laughs> that's true. That's true. If I just focus, I'd be good. I'm going to be there tonight to see it. Um, so you've been meeting pretty much every week with all of the business owners. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration, maybe anger, um, just. Why, why us? Uh, it must be terrible. So kudos to you because I think people need to be heard. Yeah, that was uh, one of the reasons why we were having meetings is just to voice the challenges, concerns, and be supportive for one another. Right. Um, and I, I find that especially lately there's a lot of sensitivity and vulnerability with business owners because it's catching up with them. Right. Um, they've been through so much. If you can just imagine your whole uh, life falling apart, right. really. Um, many Everything these, you've worked for. Yeah, these business owners are um, small shop owners, and they really depend on this for their entire living. Right. Yeah, and I don't think people, and I know sometimes the legislature doesn't get it, how small their profit margin is. They, uh, you know, they think, oh, you own a business, so you must be in great shape. Well, that's not necessarily true. Right. Uh, their profit margin's pretty small, and now they're having to rebuild and this fourth quarter pressure, mm-hmm. which is, um, uh, which has just hit me. I just thought, oh, that's, I never thought of that, and it's terrible. Yeah, the businesses are really racing to get open by the holidays, right. those that aren't, especially the restaurants, yeah. because they've had to wait so long this far, and um, they don't have a lot of time left. Right, right. It's now or, or maybe never, which right. would be terrible for the city. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of them didn't take out loans from the SBA because some of them already had uh, loans from the from COVID. So, and if they're struggling to open and needing to make more money, having to pay off loans is just adds insult to injury. I think. Yeah, and it takes a lot um, of cash to open a business, and they're basically starting from scratch right, right now. Right. Um, and if you can imagine already having a $200,000 loan and then taking another $200,000 loan, on average it takes about 150000 to start a business that wow. um, is going to be successful in our community. And that's like taking the loan out on a house. Yeah, and they right. already have a loan on a yeah. house. They, <laughs> they own a house. Too. Right, exactly. So it's just you can't imagine doing that. Yeah. So um, I, the, if you want a website that is just fabulous to read and very interesting, you've got to check out Montpelier Live website. Uh, they have a vision that's stated right there, and it says that Montpelier serves as the economic, social, and cultural center for Central Vermont with a thriving downtown and a unique sense of place. We were there once, and everybody is working so hard to maybe not exactly the same, but close enough. Um, I think they're using this um, to kind of remodel, make their businesses more. I was in the uh, Capitol Stationers the other day, and it's uh, oh, and also the Kinney Drug, uh, different because you know it's the opportunity to maybe streamline some stuff, and and people are using that. 
sad time wisely to make a difference. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a change that some businesses would have wanted to make right now, right away. But I I will say that many have upgraded um, the restaurants that have open, got new equipment for the first time, maybe ever. Um, So some of them are coming out of it feeling pretty good about a new chapter. Well, Julio's, I was in there the Mm -hmm. other day. That's completely just all switched around. It looks wonderful. Yeah, and they have a handicap-accessible bathroom now um, and a little more space, which allows them to serve more people. Exactly. It's really nice in there. Um, So I'll be there Thursday. I love Julio's. A little free advertising there. (laughs) Um, But um, I found there was a store in a restaurant in Barry, um, the Meltdown, that opened in the middle of COVID and is very successful. That's an unusual story um, to be successful and to open up in the middle of the pandemic. Must be Um, really good. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. That is true. So... um, there's a lot of energy, and I, when I was talking to business owners that had already opened, I saw a lot of business people in their stores trying to get it ready to be opened, and they're killing themselves. I mean, it's a lot of work. Could they use volunteers still? I'm sure they could. Could they not? Yeah, there have been calls for volunteers to help businesses move back into their space. Um, some spaces still need pretty specialized work in right. reconstruction, um, carpenters, etc. But recently we had an incredible work day where 200 Montpelier High School students came wow. downtown to not only wash the buildings, but help the toy store move into their space. And they loved that job, yes. carrying toys across the street and seeing all <laughs> yeah, that they're there right was. Up, they're right across from where they used to be, right? They are, right. Yeah, yeah, a new space. Um, and it, it really made an impact. Now when you drive downtown, you don't see mud splattered all over the place. Right, exactly. No, that's really great. So if you feel like finding out if uh, your services are needed, these people really need help. And um, we'd like to get everything open, as Katie said, before the holidays kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, so not much time left. How how are you? Th- what are you thinking about to keep this momentum going of of uh, supporting the businesses, getting volunteers and funding, of course, because mm-hmm. um, you've done some great funding uh, re- work, and uh, everybody has appreciated. Um, appreciated that it's cash and here you are and, and uh, thank you yeah. for that. So how do you plan on kind of keeping the energy going? Yeah, yeah. Well, right after the flood, we really hit the ground running with the fundraising. We raised about $2.6 million wow. with uh, the Montpelier Foundation as well. Um, and we granted those funds right out to the businesses. Right, right now, we're in the middle of um, this restaurant recovery phase, and I will be making grants uh, very soon from their Oktoberfest fundraising and from um, a couple of other sources that we've been working on. After that, um, I'm pretty excited about this long-term recovery effort. It includes a lot of marketing, tourism, investment, um, and looking into resiliency. Um, and I think what motivates the businesses is that there are people really looking into their future who really care about 
them coming back and being able to continue to bo- do business here right. um, and all the preparation and emergency planning, it, it means a lot to them. That's what they need to see to keep their energy up and, and be motivated to continue to do business here. Now, there's a, a group that's been formed uh, um, out of the forums, the three forums that were, um, I think, um, uh Who's the head of it? He just, I just mentioned Ben Doyle. Ben Doyle. Sorry, I just went blank. Sorry, Ben. Um, and he's the head of that. When is that expected to have some recommendations? Because we were talking about keeping that momentum going by doing some of the low hanging fruit first yeah. so that people can see things are happening and then tackle the other longer term, uh, plans. But that's going to take yeah. some money too, right? Yeah, I mean, we're starting now. Uh, we meet every other week, um, and we have a few projects right ahead of us that we're starting to, um, work on. But it takes a lot of research and knowledge and understanding to think about the big picture going forward. And I believe it will be a, a really long process. We have years ahead to work toward a more resilient future. Right. Well, and, and as you mentioned before, Montpelier has received so many awards for it being um, Montpelier. I mean, just all the all the benefits that you receive from walking downtown. I love walking in Montpelier at nighttime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many cities can boast that? And, and uh, it's just a fabulous place to, to be, and um, I just find it awesome. Um, but the, the businesses, um, they're, I just find some of them very angry. I mean, it's like how much, and now with the fires, like how much yeah. can any one or two people take? I know. I don't know how much more they can take, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we have supported, we have started getting some support services for them because I think to keep their energy up and right. their motivation going, um, they, they really need, um, more emotional support. Right. Uh, and I think they need to see the people. They need to see people come in their shops and uh, people showing that they really care and they're going to spend their money there and right. um, keep these businesses alive. Yeah, yeah. They they need that support and and they were every one of them was so appreciative of all the volunteers because hundreds of people came the day after, yeah. um, and I think that alone kept them going. Yeah, there's um, so much community yeah, strength, right. um, and that is a motivator. Yeah, well, that's sort of a Vermont, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when there isn't an emergency, things are kind of a little distant, but the yeah. minute there's an emergency, everybody comes together. They really do, yeah. every time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So... Um, I wanted, and we talked about your staff a little bit because they've done yeomans, or the staff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want to fail to mention we have one more staff member that I just brought on uh, prior to the flood as an administrative assistant. Oh, right. But it turns out that she's an incredible development manager. Um, she has another job where she does that. So she pivoted her skill set and really supported us with our fundraising and um, wow. managing the donor database. And that's Leslie uh, Cantelaner, and she's also from Montpelier. She works about 10 hours a week with us. That's great. Thank you. Thank you to all of you because um, um, everybody notices and they all thank you very much. That's what I've heard. And I think some of them are struggling finding contractors to do the work that needs to be done because everybody we talked to had to have their floors ripped up, yeah. uh, sealant put on uh, for, um, uh, oh, great, uh, 
What's oh, what's that stuff that would get you sick from the water? Hello, my mind just went blank. Mold. Mold, thank you. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> Scary a lot of they mold. let me on the air, isn't it? Uh, mold, um, which frightens me to death because it's a silent sort of yeah. thing and you don't know it's there. So a lot of every one of the businesses that we talk to had to have their uh, floors uh, pulled up and yeah, all at the same time. And um, there, the concern that mold can spread from space to space right. um, is is definitely on their minds. So it's like this one huge renovation all right, at once right. downtown. Wasn't somebody quoted, a visitor quoted, uh, Bill Fraser told me something about, they said, why is everyone had no idea what had happened here? And why is everybody renovating at the same time? Yeah. Like, hello. We hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, what's, um, what's happening? Yeah, some visitors have have no clue. Even though we've been in the New York Times, we've been yeah. all over the media, but they come and just imagine, you know, walking through a town that's completely under construction, right? Like the brand new town or something. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Develop all they're talking about moving the town. I don't think that's going to be successful. I think it, conceptually that should have started a few years ago. <laughs> um, hard to pick up a town and move it up move it up the hill. There's so much history where we are right. and the buildings right. are historic and right. charming and people really do love our downtown For as sure. it is. If there's a way that we can keep yeah. it there, I think it'll, um, it'll we'll happen. try. Yeah, it'll happen. For sure. And you're a Montpelierite, are you yep. not? Yeah, that's great. Um, I think those who live in the city understand um, how important Montpelier is, especially as a state capital. because. Yeah. And I was very grateful that the Capitol didn't suffer any damage. The picture you took, I, I told you I was involved um, with the 1990s. Somebody told me it was 92. I kept saying 91, but uh, that was only uh, state in Maine. But the picture that you still have, I don't know, on your website about where that water went mm-hmm. was staggering to me. Yeah. This is the worst. So expansive. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, from one side of town to the other. And the state capitol building was safe, but the state did suffer so much damage in all of their other buildings. Yeah, um, and yeah, they're all, we're all in the floodplain here, so. Mm-hmm. And I even, I felt bad for Bill Fraser, um, because not only did he have to worry about the city, but the bottom of his building was, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty messed up too, yeah, so he had to deal with underwater. that. Yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. So, um, we have a few more minutes before we take the break. Um, could you tell people how to, um, contact you, Katie, if they want to help financially and help volunteer? Yeah, I mean, our website is a, a really great source. You can find anything you need there. We have a web page uh, called Visiting After the Flood. Ah. Um, and then from there, you can navigate to our fundraising page for post-flood relief. Um, we will continue our fundraising efforts for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, we just have so many resources online. Right. It's MontpelierAlive.com. Oh, there you go. Um, I've I read somewhere that a lot of businesses have started their own GoFundMe pages. Now, this is going to tell you how completely incompetent I am with regard to technology. Um, how do you find GoFundMe pages? Are they on their websites, or is there a place 
you go to see if your favorite store has started a GoFundMe page? Do you know? Well, definitely checking that store's website Website? first. Okay. Um, But we have been compiling those GoFundMes. We actually just calculated that our city has raised um, from GoFundMe campaigns collectively over half a million dollars. Oh, great. um, Which is fantastic. And that the the businesses um, had the capacity and motivation to do that themselves in addition uh, for as us fundraising for them as well. But that compilation is on our website and it's under ways to give. That's the title of the page. Katie, let's talk about um, what you've got planned coming up for the holidays to get people downtown and love in Montpelier. Yeah, me and my staff, we were talking about this just yesterday. We would love to do one event every weekend if we can, just to keep people downtown. We do have wagon rides, uh, horse-drawn wagon rides planned. And um, that's the day uh, after Flannel Friday or Black Friday. Um, So there's Thanksgiving, there's Flannel Friday, where uh, many many, um, downtown stores offer deals. Um, and definitely in Montpelier, we expect that. Yeah. Uh, we also have a flannel fairy who will be walking around giving out <laughs> gift cards. So Excellent. keep an eye out for the flannel fairy. You have to be wearing flannel ah. to be able to get a gift card from the flannel fairy. So wear your flannel and come downtown in Montpelier. Um, that's the day after Thanksgiving. I, I don't have the date right in mind. The day after Thanksgiving. Then that is followed by the Saturday, and we have horse-drawn wagon rides on that small business Saturday. That's great. And then you were talking about the holidays coming up, Christmas and New Year's Eve. Yeah, leading up to Christmas, every weekend in December, we are going to plan something. We've been talking about hot cocoa, uh, special performances, more horse-drawn carriage rides. So keep an eye on our website for all of that information, uh, MontpelierLive.com. That's great. Awesome. You guys do so much great work. It's, and, and what's really nice is that it's recognized. So even though maybe they're not so good at thanking you personally, they sure did when we were talking to them. So it's good to know. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's good. Um, I just think it's awesome what's happening. And in Barry too. I mean, there's all yeah. of the cities are trying so hard to get folks to come downtown because this, this fourth quarter thing is, yeah. you've got to buy it's local. A real hustle. We've, we've got to figure out a way to make that a big message. Buy local. Absolutely. That, that's something I try to do every year. I don't, I'm one of those Amazon people. Shame on me. But when it's a holiday, I'm, I make a special effort to, to go downtown and to buy local because you can put something in your hand and you don't wait for yeah. the mail to show up at your doorstep. Some people say they like to walk around and buy one thing from each shop, just one small nice. thing from each shop, and those are their Christmas gifts that they give away. Just yesterday, I uh, realized that we really need some very small bowls for our house, and um, you know, normally I think you know we would have traveled to a big box store where right. we could get it right. cheaply. Um, but here in Montpelier, you can find just about sure. anything you need. Right. And I stumbled across a store and found four beautiful small bowls that were not very expensive. There you go. And that's what I love about our town. You can buy gifts, but you can also find what you need there. Right. Uh, I agree with you. It's really – it's just charming. Mm-hmm. It makes the gift a little extra special. And uh, I know my the people I give gifts to know that I bought it and wrapped it because they can tell right away. <laughs> <laughs> it came from love, not so much from talent. Um, but anyway, um, 
So you've got to go on the website and find out what's happening. Uh, there was that, the, what was it called, uh, Katie, the food, um, the food event that we had, um, Taste of Montpelier. Taste of Montpelier, yeah. Yeah, I miss that. And I've been to, I think every year, of course, it didn't during COVID, but um, that's a great event as well. Yeah, this year was really fun. We almost canceled it because it was going to rain, uh, which seems to be a common problem yeah. these days. Um, but it ended up pulling through, and it was a beautiful afternoon. We have incredible performers, uh, circus arts, uh, street performers, much like Festival of Fools in Burlington um, every year. And I think next year's will probably be in September. We had moved it back a month because of the flooding uh, to October this year. Uh, but people came out, and we made it a fundraiser as good. well. That's yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I think well, it, it's, it makes giving a little bit um, more special if you're having fun while you're at yeah. it, you know, instead of uh, giving it. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the downtown arts, mm-hmm. which is on your website. Is that part of what you do? Are you do you work closely with the Montpelier downtown art folks, or? We normally do. We have a design committee that works on streetscape projects, oh. including murals and uh, public art. We collaborate with Montpelier Public Art Commission. But uh, in the wake of the flood, we received a grant from the Vermont Community Foundation and National Life to support uh, bringing some extra art, public right. art, downtown, um, filling empty, specifically filling empty storefronts with mm-hmm. community art projects. Yeah. And uh, we have a coordinator working on that, Monica Di Giovanni, and she's working with artists to get art in the empty storefronts. I, I didn't realize what I was looking at it when I was walking around with with uh, uh, Greg, the photographer from Orca. Um, we saw all these things, and it didn't dawn on me that it was the downtown art project because I found, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, about eight or ten um, items that are out for people to see, and it's beautiful. We we saw the um, uh, Elliot Berg mm-hmm. photography, Montpelier Strong. It's everywhere. There's murals, as you said. Um, um, maybe maybe you could talk a little bit about each one of these yeah. um, and, and tell people where they're located. Because you've got it. We have we are the luckiest state. I must with all the artists that we have, in every different kind of venue. You think about music, um, theater, dance, mm-hmm. um, making things with uh, iron. I mean, just amazing. Such a creative yeah, state, and totally. we find in Montpelier we're lucky because many of those artists who are found <laughs> in the woodwork uh, end up showing in Montpelier yeah. or performing in Montpelier. So. Um, we're thrilled that we can be a hub for right, all of those right. rural artists. Um, yeah, our downtown arts is really eclectic. And really, I don't know where all the locations are. Oh. And that's the great thing because you walk around and you're there just surprised. There's, <laughs> right. There it is. Right. We're considering putting together a walking map of one of, one of the, um, one of the shows specifically, right. which is called Border Town. And Border Town is a podcast, actually, uh, that Vic Guadagno uh, started right after the flood with interviews with various business nice. owners and people who had been impacted by the flood, including Bill Frazier um, and also volunteers who had been working at the nice. hub after the flood. 
And then he paired the the uh, podcast with these beautiful portraits by Paul Richardson of each person who was interviewed. And we blew those up to large size posters and put them in the storefront windows. And a QR code on the portraits leads you oh, to the podcast. Sure. So you can walk around town. And um, with your phone, scan the QR code and listen to that interview um, awesome. of the person whose portrait is there. These are placed all throughout town. They're a little hidden because they're a little smaller than some of the other poster artwork that we have. But when you find them, you know, tune right in and keep walking. And uh, somebody told me I don't have to do anything with my cell phone to make the QR code work. You no. just take a picture and it happens. Yeah, or hold it up in front of it, yeah. and um, it brings up the website, the uh, Border Town website, where you can find the pod, find Excellent. the interviews. I was very excited to hear that because I really thought, cool once project. again, it's a challenge to my technical abilities. Yeah. We have Art Walk on December 1st, that Friday, um, and that's a really great opportunity. We'll hopefully have a, a map of a lot of this artwork great. available for people to take themselves on a tour around town. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always been, and uh, is it Christchurch uh, right next to the Capitol Plaza? Always in that little park, there's always something going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we usually have music spot. and performances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you tell me that the church is now, uh, the sanctuary is open? Because they heard really the got hit bad. the sanctuary is open, yes. Yeah. yeah. But there's still a lot of work to be done in all of the churches. For They're sure. just trying to get to a functional place right, right yeah. now. Interesting. Yeah. So what else does we have? Because I saw a mural um, uh, oh, on the side of uh, Capital Stationery, I think. Wasn't that one? Um, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of compilations of work. I know uh, the organization Mosaic, um, yeah. which is made up of youth leaders and survivors engaged in sexual abuse prevention. Um, they created a community artwork piece called Roots of Change, and that's on Langdon Street. Huh. Um, and then I know that my... Uh, my son's artwork and oh. all of his classmates is hung in the Walgreens storefront, mm-hmm. um, just bringing a little color to town. Yeah. A lot of uh, school folks got engaged with this project. Yeah. There are beautiful wings um, that were created by the Montpelier Elementary School art teacher nice. um, that are on display at the old Woodbury Mountain Toys store uh, on State Street, among mm-hmm. others. So Katie wanted to talk about all the plans they have for New Year's Eve. So come on, chair. This sounds cool. Yeah, we were talking about upcoming events uh, for the holidays. Well, Montpelier used to have a fabulous first night celebration. I remember growing up going right. to that with my family. Um, but it's a huge lift, and it's hard to find a team of people that's motivated to do that, and it takes a lot of funding. So we haven't done it for a number of years. Um, we had fireworks for a couple of years. This year we have no, we had nothing planned, but we came up with this idea to model something after Burlington's highlight celebration. So right now there is a call out for um, proposals for things community members want to do on New Year's Eve, and we can fund up to $5,000 for somebody to pitch us their idea. And we're really excited to hear what ideas are out there. Um, And on our website, um, you can find the actual application to fill out a proposal. 
Um, and we will be making decisions, uh, I guess, right after Thanksgiving. They are due November 20th, and we'll make our decisions right after we get back from Thanksgiving. Exciting. It is exciting. I mean, I think I've heard a lot from the community that they want something to happen, right. and I do too, um, and something to do with our families to celebrate together, and our community also deserves this kind of celebration, really right. coming together right. to have fun instead of coming together to volunteer to, right. you know, get people out of a flooded business. Right. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a great time to put our heads together and come up with something really unique. If anybody can, Montpelier can. Cause, yes. Uh, we were just talking about how lucky we are here in the state to have so many artists of in every media, not just uh, theater or singing. Yeah. It's just everywhere you look, we're surrounded painters, uh, poets, mm-hmm. um, lots of lots of wonderful folks, and um, and we also all need to work on the theme of buy local, um, because through all of this, we have to keep remembering about the fourth quarter. That really struck home to me how important it is right now. Right now. Right yep. this second to help folks downtown. Yeah. Um, if you can do all your spending yes, in exactly. this quarter yourself, yeah, right. then that will help our businesses yeah. get through. And that's that's a double benefit for everybody. Everybody wins. You get the gifts you need and the stores get to stay open. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, And walk around town because uh, I was just looking at uh, – um, all the things, and Katie mentioned the elementary school students at Union, grades one through four, which mm-hmm. your son is part of, which mm-hmm. is exciting. It's always cool. You can't you can't lose dealing with kids <laughs> and artwork and plays and stuff. Everybody loves it. Um, and I uh, uh, there's the Montpelier. Do you know where the Montpelier Rising is? That's uh, uh, what you said, Vic uh, and Paul Richardson's story yes. of the 2023 flood. Where is that? Well, I mean, the portraits are put up all over oh, the place. Okay. But I do know that on um, Blanchard Block, which has a lot of the businesses right. that opened early on, they were some of the first businesses to come back um, into action. That block is owned by Tim Heaney, and his portrait is there in um, the Bailey Road storefront. Nice. And that's probably one of the first ones you can find. Bill Fraser's portrait is in City Hall. Oh, Nice. In the windows. Um, And so we're trying to kind of tie together the work that's been done in a place by the person who did it. Yeah, nice. That's really great. Um, I also I thought it was exciting. We didn't get a chance to speak to the owner because she had a staff meeting. But Positive Pie has got a food truck, a pie truck, Mm -hmm. right outside their business because apparently they have access and they own – that little section of of the road, so yep. um, which is kind of fascinating to me, but uh, yeah, they had a parklet right out right, in front of their right. building, and um, you know the restaurants have really had to get creative between Oktoberfest and raising money that way, or buying a food truck, right, you know, in right. the southern eastern states and driving it up um, <laughs> because they need the revenue now. Right, right. And they own, Positive Pie owns that building that they were located uh, in. And in order to complete the work and um, keep moving forward to open that space, they need to create some revenue right. and keep employees. That's also been a challenge for any business or restaurant to keep their employees right. over the course of two or three months. And in order to have a successful business, yes, 
have to have your employees. Right. So they didn't want to lose those employees. Um, and this is one way to keep them yeah. around and yes. employed. Yeah, especially since they're hard to find yeah. employees these days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was last year or the year before last when we were in Maine, we noticed restaurants starting to open uh, close Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because of staffing. And yeah. so you sure if you've got good employees, you sure want to keep them. Yeah. Not all businesses have recovered from COVID. Right. And um, the employee issue, the staffing issue really started there. Right. And I don't think everybody felt like they were in a comfortable place and a sustainable place between employees and just uh, right. the status of their business since COVID. And, and then now this, the flood yeah. um, is just a continued setback. Yep. Yeah, but I must say we learned some things from COVID, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of being responsive. I mean, turning on a dime where where restaurants, I thought that program, that I think it was the state that came up with it, where they would pay restaurants to make food for takeout and for uh, for people that, that uh, yeah. needed it from an income perspective. I just thought that was yeah. the best ever. Great yeah, idea. everybody eats, I yeah. think is what it's called. Excellent. And it's in fact, it has been in play for the past month or so. Yeah. Um, so I think once the state came forward with that again, yeah. that was really helpful to some restaurants. That's really, that kept them afloat. And the people. Yeah, and a lot of us got used to doing takeout, yeah. Um, yeah. which I, I never did before, but I sure do now. And of course, yeah. living by Zoom, but that's another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another whole, I think that's a show right. on Zoom. But but one of the issues with that is we need people downtown to go to the restaurants right. and go to the in stores. In person. So working in person in an office space helps right. encourage that downtown vitality. Yeah. And that's something that, again, we kind of lost during COVID and yeah. it hasn't fully come back yeah, yet. Yeah, people do enjoy staying home. I would be a night – I'd be – 50 pounds more if I stayed home. I'd be have the carpet worn between my desk and the refrigerator. So I'm not a good person to stay home. I need, I need an, plus I like to be around people. So we I, need, I would find yeah, it hard to be home. We need that. We need yeah. that in Vermont, that yeah. social atmosphere. Yeah, because that's where a lot of the businesses rely on state employees and, yeah. uh, uh, because for lunch and for shopping after work. And, Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's tourists, but not enough to keep you afloat for a whole year. Right. So, um, yeah, that will be an ongoing issue. I think we really have to advocate for is getting people, uh, at least part time back yeah. in their office spaces. Have you and, and, uh, your staff, uh, and your board members, have they talked about going to the legislature for any specific requests, um, to ask for more funding or is anybody, um, doing that, looking at the upcoming legislative session? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the Commission on Recovery and Resiliency, right. we definitely have plans to engage with uh, lawmakers and Good. to have a presence at the State House. Um, also, I am part of a downtown coalition, and that is there are um, 20 uh, designated downtowns in the state of Vermont. Hmm. Uh, there might be more than 20 now. Uh, and we have a group called the Coalition, and I'm on the leadership team for that. And we engage regularly also with the legislature and um, lobbyists for uh, what we think is important for our downtowns. That's great. Um, I'm very eager to to see what comes out of those forum, me- I mean, the meetings with, the, with your committee, uh, because um, uh, they're just – there's got to be something that we can do uh, as a preventive measure for the flooding because, seriously, 
you know it's going to happen again someday. Hopefully not for many years to come, but well, you never know. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've this is my third one, I guess. Mm. Um, um, and where I live, I'm very knock on wood, and we're up, a, we're up far enough so that we don't get impacted directly. Um, but you're impacted just from your neighbors and friends and and uh, living in the area. Yeah. Um, so, Katie, I can't thank you enough for all that you do, and I hope. Um, that uh, we'll see you again on on the WDEV and tell folks um, all that you're about. Um, you do a great job. Thank you. Really Thanks for having it. me. I don't know how you do all that you do. I think you've got age on your side. You make me tired <laughs> thinking about it. I don't sleep much. <laughs> I bet you don't. I bet. Good thing you live locally, don't you? Yes. That, that's a good yes. thing. Um, driving home at late at night is not a not a, a positive thing. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Katie, and we'll uh, we'll see you Thursday.